Smithy, Ain't That Swell is brought to you by our good mates at Billabong. The partnership that was once the great live experience traveling the country, traveling the country and the world, has now expanded into our regular Friday episode drops. How do you feel about that, mate? Oh, how good's that? Uh, nothing better than being overseen by some bong lords. And uh, look, they've invested in shenanigans, skullduggery, and chicanery more than any surf brand that really comes to mind. And what an investment it's been. I don't know if it's paid a single monetary dividend, <laughs> but uh, geez, it's been fun. Get out to your local core surf shop and get yourself sorted with Billabong goodness this silly season. All the board shorts, wetsuits, and anything that touches the ocean is now made from recycled materials. Mate, Chrissy's around the corner. Go get some bong on your schlong. <laughs> or your other bits. Doesn't matter what you got. Mm. And yes, live shows coming in 2023. Stay tuned. Incoming! And we'll watch others make up. But you and I gotta wake up. Cause our love needs a shake up. I said, darling, listen. I like to say, and I ASP gonna find me, because I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far out their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the cool back, drop down, say bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that looks good, Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. sick. I'm your host, the two-time gold cone piece award-winning surf journalist, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro. Dosing. Sumini. Almost feel like adding an extra one to that, Vaughn. The mycelium magnate, perhaps? Oh, like it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's square in line with our new corporate structure of just selling out. Hey? hey. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, just, you know, opening up the synapses to the mycelium and letting the mycelium make decisions for me. And, you know, I've been doing that a while, and mm. mycelium is making the calls in this program. So... You know, you are listening to Smivy, but just know that it's the mycelium running that's, right. that's really talking. The uh, the intelligence of the planet, the connectivity of nature within itself, under the ground, above the ground, that sweet, mysterious language of how everything works together, Smivy. That's it. and You tapped in. I'm tapped in, and I'm getting a bit of ahead of ourselves because I haven't even introduced my co-host, mm. the editor of uh, Surfing World Magazine, former editor of Surfing World Magazine, Tracks Magazine, and Waves Magazine, Vaughn, Rinsed Corn, Deadly. Hey. Uh, but just to continue my mm. mycelium consciousness there, do you know what my theory is for what actually happens when you eat magic mushrooms? This no. Is, this is a theory cooked up uh, by the mycelium. I can really only credit mm. that. But 
Yeah, it is my belief, or the mycelium's belief, as acting through my consciousness, that the basically what happens when we eat mushrooms is that obviously we are eating the fruits of the mycelium, which is underneath everything. Mm. The mycelium underpins everything yep. on planet Earth. It is uh, just the basically the sum total of everything that's come before us on this mm. planet. It decomposes and goes back into the mycelium mm. and then we eat the mushrooms. And by eating the mushrooms, it's almost as though we're tapping in to everything. The wisdom, the teachings, the knowledge of everything that's come before that's us ever lived. on this planet in the history of mm. it. Yeah, exactly. I like that theory. And, you know, the Buddhists talk a lot about reincarnation and the Hindus as well, like, you know, seven cycles of uh, reincarnation or whatever. But maybe that's really a better explanation is that we eat mushrooms, we die, we go back into the mycelium, people eat mushrooms and they're essentially eating us. Mm. Um, so we get we get another crack at it, running around their mycelium, yeah. Yeah. telling them to do shit that uh, may or may not be in their best interests, uh, <laughs> infusing them with the, the knowledge of all your failures in oh. life and uh, don't do that, don't do it. Mm. Well, that's uh, it. I mean, it's you're absorbing everything, right? You're not just absorbing the uh, the physical presence of, of yourself. You're absorbing sort of the soul and the, the intelligence, the life experience and all of that stuff, good and bad. Um, so that makes sense to me. But I remember once uh, being out on Alfie's farm, indulging in uh, some mycelium myself, Smithy, and just lying on my back. And, and he lives in a place with no light pollution. You know, he's two, three hours from the nearest town. And just looking up at a clear sky universe and just watching it, like watching these sort of green lines just start to stretch in across the dome. And it was fully, you know, three-dimensional dome shape. You could see the curve of, of, the, uh, of gravity basically above Alfie's driveway. <laughs> and um, I just watched these green lines just sort of creep up out of the horizon from all directions and meet perfectly at the top of the dome. And I just remember going... Oh, so that's it. And life and the universe made absolute perfect sense to me. Mm. I was lying on the earth, so you know, I was in full body contact with with the fungi. Yeah, with the fungi. Grounded, corn unrinsed, and corn connected that's to the right. Corn completely plugged in. I was earthing heavily. <laughs> I was doing the opposite of perineum bleaching. I was just corn to the to the core of the earth. And um it, I remember thinking at that moment, with absolute clarity, you know, I'm not talking about a booze or a party or anything. I just ate some mushies, looked up at the sky. It's kind of like, I don't know, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And I just remember thinking, that's it. And I was so at peace. And the epiphany was nothing more than everything is as it should be. And it all makes sense. Mm. Like, it was so fucking rando. And so fantastic. And it stayed with me for ages, man, that that, that feeling of peace, mm. you know. And then, yeah, got back to uh, the land of the living, picked up a Daily Telegraph, the Murdoch Press, and just got wiped, Smithy! Wiped in an instant by the fucking monsters that, you know, try and uh, distract us mm. from these uh, earthly connections, these these um, real, you know, I don't know, just these true, con true connections. Mm. And we going... talk about it a lot, but I felt... Never more connected than that at the moment. And I remember, so the, the last thing was going, you've got to try to remember this, like consciously. You've got to try to, to sort of tap into what it is that is helping you understand 
this uh, perfect, I don't know, this construct. Mm. And um, it just sort of like, yeah, slowly dissipated over time, but it was a good feeling. I'm reminded of a Wayne Lynch quote here that LSD is detergent for the brain. And... Uh, <laughs> And I think he's absolutely bang on. Uh, LSD and psilocybin being almost identical in their chemical structure. Mm. Now, it's interesting. You know, I was listening to a podcast with Russell Brand and David Lynch the other day, and they were talking about uh, how we are currently in the Kali Yoga, Kali Yoga phase, I believe. Mm. It's, it's one of these kind of ages uh, that exist in, in the Hindu understanding of the universe. And uh, the Kali Yoga, I'm not saying it right, but whatever. Uh, it, it lasts for, fuck, I don't know, like 5,000 or 150,000 mm. years. And basically, it's an age of fucking misery, suffering, catastrophe. And uh, we're a long way from out of it. And when I look <laughs> at, when I yeah. take a, a macroscopic look at where civilization is at, we're at a time where, yeah, you've got the Murdoch press, uh, you got all this fucking polarized corporate horseshit media that make a living off dividing and ruling us. Mm. You have the for a long time the blanket ban of these plant medicines, um, and as a result, we've been locked in constant war since at least World War One, probably the Boer War. I don't know. Mm. The historians will know, but it's like we've been locked in. A constant state of war that's been created by colonialists, uh, people you know who are hell bent on civilizing savages and conquering land and uh, taking women, and you know these people all for sure have never taken a mushroom, and in <laughs> fact they actively ban them mm. and uh, prevented their ingestion. And then if you go further back and look at you know when were we not in a, a Kali? yoga phase so mm. so maybe go way back i've been watching a, a bunch of graham hancock and listening to a bunch of graham hancock lately go back to like the mayans the uh you know the aztecs the indigenous australians the native americans and and, and look at the way they lived you know they created these crazy fucked up insane structures and they were all dosed to fuck on ayahuasca mm. dmt mushrooms they were fully connected to the universe, they, they were fully connected to that state of consciousness mm. that you experienced and they produced fucking no war mm. and no f just like, you know, little bits of skirmish and, and shit here and there, but no like world wars, mm. no nuclear bombs, no fucking polarized media landscape, no woke jokers and classists and racists. And like, it's almost as though the banning of the you know the, the the marginalizing of these maestros of microdosing these <laughs> mycelium magnates it's been far to the detriment of society and i think mm. it's just a symptom of the kali yoga phase there i said it <laughs> i said it Vaughn. i said it and i'm taking it back <laughs> well one uh one thing that you touched on uh when we were talking about this maybe last step maybe the episode before smithy but i, I do appreciate the ceremonial ritual involved in a lot of you know, these processes and, and connecting with these sorts of things. It's not like they're to be abused like uh, so many things that have, you know, they get a uh, an industry attached to them and all of a sudden you're just getting shoved, this shit shoved down your throat, uh, whether it's subliminal or not. Um, so I, I do think that it is important to sort of uh, pay attention to the fact that, you know, all of these sorts of uh, perception-changing encounters 
are often best done in a ceremonial setting or with a, a, a shaman or someone mm. who can sort of guide you through what you're seeing and help it. It's not always necessary and, and I'm always wary of, you know, people interpreting things to their own agenda, um, especially in spiritual matters. But mm. yeah, I, I think that, you know, everything in moderation, man. And uh, I, I just think that those sorts of things are just necessary for, yeah, just change Like breaking your routine, getting out of those cycles that you mm. feel like you, you just, like how easy is it for all of us in our daily lives to feel like a week or two weeks has gone by and you, you didn't have a conscious decision to make or you didn't sort of like challenge the direction you were heading or, or where you were at and all of a sudden two weeks ago. I mean, school terms are a great, a great way to sort of, uh, I guess, wake up to sort of how quickly time can fly because, mm. you know, you get your school holidays with your kids or whatever and you're just like, whoa, that term went so fast. Or even the school day, like you drop your kids off and then at the end of the day and you're like, did I make a conscious decision? Did I just like robot out today? Like did I just get stuck in the fucking, uh, the tide and the rhythm of this, process that i actually didn't choose well that's it man yeah. and this tide this rhythm this kind of uh seeming disappearance of time as we know it that in my belief is the sleight of hand of the system you know mm. time and money are the same thing in the eyes of the system and they're just trying to rob you of both they want you in this sleepwalking state where the the weeks and months and years are just flying by and uh, you're just ticking all the boxes, barely getting what you need to get done to survive in this matrix, let alone take a breath, let alone dose on some mycelium and lie flat-backed on Alfie's driveway. Yeah, yeah a bit of uh, corn earthing. Yes. Is that what we're going to call it? Isn't corn earthing. Let's, let's put it out to the swellings. Yeah. I mean, uh, even if you're not one for uh, experimenting in, in these uh, ceremonial practices, just get your corn. Point it at the core of the earth and just get back to us. Tell us how it goes. That's it. All things in balance. If you <laughs> rinse the corn, then you must earth the corn. <laughs> Simple, really. But I mean, uh, just one final note on this uh, rather tangential discussion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, looking back on indigenous cultures from this perspective, this colonized perspective, our minds have been colonized. Our bodies have been colonized. We live in a, a, matrix of, a matrix of a system surrounded by material trinkets and material comforts, all of which deliver us a fucking 0.1% of the happiness a macro dose of mushrooms will uh, and, and lying on earth looking at the sky. So I guess that's my point. It's like you can look back at these cultures and, and many mm. of the, the Christian conquistadors and the uh, the crusade era maniacs slaughtering people, you know, they looked at these cultures as uncivilized, as savage, because they were in loincloths, uh, you know, earthing their corn on the reg, <laughs> yeah. uh, eating these funguses and building giant monuments to the gods. And they thought, ah, oh, look at these fucking idiots. Mm. They've got none of the material trinkets. They've got no gold, or at least they're not using the gold correctly. Mm. They don't have the internet. They don't have any of these uh, consumer Front delights. lawns and jet skis. But who was happier? Oh. Mate, the cunt's not saying. working, just eating fungus and rooting all day, and well, earthing corn, rinsing corn. Yep. Anyone who's listened to uh, the Swellness podcast, and I, I encourage anyone who hasn't to just go back through the last few weeks and get onto it. But uh, you, you read a few passages passages from one of the great books that I've read in the last far out 10 years. Um, I'll repeat it here. It's called Lost Connections by uh, Johan Hari. And it's just the biggest window into exactly what you're talking about. You know, in, in human existence, we've really 
despite the uh, the period that you were talking about, what's it called again? Kali Yoga. Yeah, the Kali Yoga. It's uh, it's also a period of extreme comfort, and you know, uh, like you, you would think the way that civilized man has basically taken every fucking bit of effort needed out of life to survive, mm. that you would be happy in cruising. Mm. And in fact, it's the opposite. The complete miserable opposite. and fucking shit ass. We're addicted to comfort and comfort actually mm. makes us sick because we're fucking hardy beings with all these nerve endings in yeah. our skin. And if you don't test your nerve endings in ice cold water and heat and wind and the elements, then you end up understimulated yeah. and that understimulated... Understimulation manifests in the anxiety and mental illness and, and obesity, man. Like, obesity. fucking just the, the physical fucking repercussions of, of that sort of life. Like, it's never been a thing in human history, obesity, except in the very upper echelons of power. And that's it. And that's the great irony is that uh, the higher up the tree of power and material success you get, the more miserable the cunt is. <laughs> so, Smithy, um, we just dropped a regular app earlier this week. Uh, big shout out to the Bong. Billabong have come on to sponsor our Friday Arvo drops, which is uh, we're basically going to be dropping regular apps. You and me, classic old degenerate surf radio, back to its absolute finest. And we'll be dropping it every Friday and uh, letting it marinate over the weekend so people can sort of, you know, get in their Roy and HG headspace and... Uh, I don't know, catch up on all the events that are going on with surfing. But because we just dropped one, we're actually going to revisit Ask Us a Question um, because we ended up getting hundreds of questions, man. Mm. And, um, yeah, when we recorded, I think we only had about, what, half a dozen, 20, I don't know, something like that in. But we got a lot. So what do you reckon? Should we dive back in with the Swellians? Sounds great. Just a couple of regular old mycelium magnates marinating in their fungal wisdom. And that... Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy corn home down to the face of the old man pipe, will sparks fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the Wazzle's judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would Shane Horan take Prophets will apply So scoff your shoes And ask us a question We will speak no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies kick things off, Smithy, with uh, a pretty big one. Uh, this is a conversation that kind of just kicked into gear um, on our thread. And it goes for a bit, so uh, stay with me. Uh, or do you want to go one for one here? Oh, well, uh, yeah, one for one. Uh, whatever, I don't mind. Up to you, All my right. friend. So this is from uh, Gawiji. I think that's what it is. Or is it Gorgy? I reckon it's Gorge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gorge. Gorge, all right. So Gorgie wants to know. Boys, I hate to ask this because I understand the bills need paying, but how do you justify running crook gambling ads on the show? 
Both of you seem to care a lot about helping people live happier, healthier lives. Yet you're okay with being another media outlet ramming gambling down our throats 24-7. I have no issues with people having a flutter here and there and generally think prohibition is not the answer. But quite enjoy your pod being one of the last places where I didn't have to hear about sports betting. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes, an interesting point. 22 likes on that, a master number, a power number. I am a numbers guy, so this does need addressing, and this will be the first stage of addressing this. Paul McKenzie quips, I think this every episode. They're banging on about dodgy politicians, consumerism and consumption, and then they pause halfway through to run a gambling ad. Fuck, they must pay well. Yeah, Gwaiji, uh, <laughs> Gorgie kicks back in here and he says, must have made them an offer they can't refuse. Coastal content then piles on, taking that question to the Ned's level. You got to doff the cap there, surely. Oh, yeah, free plug. Uh, Dude Dad says, Gorge, you should spawn him. And I think Dude Dad might be backing us there going, oh, you know, put your money where your mouth is if you're that concerned about it. Casey Hartnett says, Conspiracy, if this question is ignored, love you, the swelling, but if you're going to continue legitimizing the capitalist economy by committing to the advertising model, at least save your listeners the harm of hearing messages from a fucked up industry of corpo crooks who prey mostly on the working class and donate millions to our corrupt politicians. I mean, look, let's just address a few of these. Yeah. Uh, first of all, don't worry about the working class, brother. I understand that a lot of the people who are blowing up about us having gambling ads are mm. middle class and they're virtue signaling their fear for vulnerable people who may be preyed upon by the gambling industry. Look, I am from a community where there is gambling addicts fucking everywhere. Mm. I was surrounded by them growing up. One of my best mates is a gambling addict. I sit there watching the football with him while he scrolls uh, looking for horses and you know dogs and fucking ferrets and whatever else you can bet on um look the reality is this the problem is going to be there whether we advertise it or not the solution is everything we tell you to do i.e meditate wim hof exercise take mushrooms do any one of these things and you'll see straight through the gambling addiction. On top of that, yes, we're legitimizing the capitalist economy, but mate, we fucking live in this system too. We got mortgages to pay, we got food to pay for. Like we have all the same pressures that everyone else in this society has. Working class people understand this. That's why they tolerate uh, gambling ads if they have to on their football surfing, whatever sport it might be that they're watching at the time. They understand that these crooked industries are just a part of the system that we're in and that everyone's got to get paid because we've, we're all subject to the system until it falls apart. There seems to be this idea amongst certain listeners that because we speak truth about the system, uh, we should therefore uh, reject being monetized by the system. Mm. If that as if that's fucking possible. We mm. can't go without money. It's just that simple. And as I've said ad nauseum, like, mate, what's the difference between being addicted to sugar versus addicted to gambling versus addicted to alcohol versus addicted to processed food? It's it's, it's all addiction mm. and it's all awful, but it's also where all of the money in this system is tied up in. 
Like it's a, a privilege for Joe Rogan and these other podcasts to be able to advertise supplements and athletic greens and mm. uh, fucking nice Sealy posturopedic beds or whatever. But we just don't really get that shit coming through our doors. Um, that said, we do have like a Ned's app, a, a Ned's gambling ad, mm. and then we have a, a car meditation ad. So, you know, take the good with the bad, all things in balance. You know, fucking stop whinging. You're getting shit for free, you dumb cunt. You don't have a fucking <laughs> mother renting in Marubra. You haven't grown up on the bottom floor of the working class. Like, mate, I, I make no apologies uh, for getting paid. Uh, I reckon we're closing in. We're, we're closing in on 10 years of doing this, Smithy. And in our fucking entire time of doing it, which for the first six years was a complete hobby, like dedicating time and energy into sitting in a room, uh, editing these things. And we've had heaps of people help us along the way, all working fucking FOC. Like no one gets paid, uh, least of all you and I. And in the last little bit, while uh, the audience has grown and you know, we've had uh, greater demands placed on our time. Like you would think that the partnerships would just sort of like come in on the back of that. But partnerships, just to give you a bit of an insight into how they work, like they're, they're relationships. Like you have to fucking, you know, the people who want to partner with you need to understand your values and the way that you're doing things. And most of the time you need to work with them uh, on, you know, what they want to get out of it as well because you know it's not just like oh we'll just chuck money at you because you guys fucking rule like there's a, a transaction that takes place there and i think that those things take so much fucking time man and you and i the entire time we have had ain't that swell rocking we've had full-time jobs in other areas of our lives like we've got to pay our own bills so the fact that we're able to be in a place now where we can dedicate more time to this meant that we had to start building these relationships and yeah, we do have fucking epic personal partnerships with brands that we fucking love and who love us, like Billabong and Rip Curl. And, um, you know, we've got new ones that are coming up every day now. And hopefully we can get to a point where we can afford to be choosy. But the main thing is that we had to get an advertising agency to fucking run those partnerships for us because we don't have the fucking time to go out there and make those partnerships profitable for our business to a point where we can keep doing it. So it's either like you, you just, you have to take some money from somewhere. And to be honest, the amount of money we said no to, to things that we didn't believe in already is fucking crazy. But like, is anyone any the wiser to it? Like, did, did we benefit anyone at all by like not taking that money and then using it uh, in the same way as you just said? We're using this coin to basically give people the methods and the tools to fucking avoid making toxic decisions. Like, you and I don't bet. No. Like, half the shit we read out, we're just like, what the fuck? Like, a multi on, the, like, this to that to whatever. It just doesn't really compute to me. And the other thing is, man, I back our listeners. Like, I back our fucking listeners, the swellians, to see through bullshit. Like, of course. That's I the thing. I, That's, I, we've yeah. met them all. We've met them all, Smitty. We've met... The fucking burnt units, the most burnt unit at live shows. You know, guys who stand up and heckle the fuck out of our guests and they like they get mad laughs and they're part of the tribe. All the way through to people who came to Swellness who are, you know, genuinely looking for healing, who have genuinely experienced hardship and fucking gnarliness. And not one of them is a fucking gullible fucking clown who just gobbles up these fucking ads like they're us endorsing a product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like they're, these, they're, they're pragmatic. Generally, people 
are pragmatic. But then there's these, uh, uh, what does Confucius call them? Uh, the virtue signaling people, the, the goody goodies are the thieves of virtue. Mm. There are people who want to score points and they're going to score points typically on a comment thread on social media. They, they are classical keyboard warriors. And uh, I, I guess it seems core to kind of call us out because we speak a lot of truth. So people want to speak truth to <laughs> us. And that's, that's fair enough. But uh, I mean, look, the reality is this is perfect. I, I love that we have gambling ads because it's just a perfect indication of the way the system operates. It's just the way it is. It's fucking, that's who's got all the money. I've been saying it for fucking 10 years on this podcast. Like the cunts who've got the money are, you know, making it in ill-gotten ways and mm. um, we're not immune to it. No one's immune to it. Well, yeah, I can be a socialist and live in a, socialist economy no that doesn't exist so i must still participate in the capitalist mm. economy or be poor well i've already fucking been poor i spent you know like at least 21 years of my life on the bones of my ass like the first 21 it was fucking awful i don't want to go back to being like that um so you know i've got to make money at, at, at some way and yeah it's just the way the system works uh but a good point here as well from whatever trevor he points out that it's not rammed down anyone's throat. Skip 30 seconds or a minute and you don't have to listen to it. 90% of podcasts have ads about all sorts of things. It's standard procedure. If these guys, our fucking Gandhis, have navigated, have navigated through a set of ads to put dinner on the table, literally harming nobody, then I'm fine with it. Much bigger fish to fry. Mm. And uh, Gage says, completely fair point. Uh not meaning to have a dig at the boys, understand it's a business after all, just thought it was a valid question. If it was ads for the pokies instead, I'm sure we'd have a different view of it. Fucking why? Why a pokey? Like, I don't get that. Mm. Uh, pretty sure everyone just skips the ads, don't they? Not too hard, says Pascal's. And uh, Casey Hartnett, chipping back in, the gambling company continues to buy a space on ATS because of engagement. You might be a oh here we go he's got his crystal ball out Casey you might be able to skip and it might not affect you but spare a thought for those in our community who struggle with this shit as plenty do understand it's broadly the shitty system that we live in and listener supported subscription models don't work for everyone but given the core values Smivy and deadly promote and the rad work they're doing putting on stuff like the swellness summit i reckon this is a fair question to raise i hope there's companies that align more closely with the swelling army's values that would support the show but maybe i'm worth i'm way off worth discussing yeah look uh, i don't have any problem taking that money and using it to provide fucking methods of better you know that promote and lead to better choices and that's really all we're doing like, at the end of the day, it's like the money we've said no to, uh, which includes, some, you know, fucking big oil. I'm sure a couple of Swillians actually heard that, which we didn't approve. That just came through on a pre-roll. And we shut that down. And we got nothing out of it. I'm happy. I'm not losing sleep over that. I'm not saying I'm not uh, sort of aware of the problems that gambling fucking create. But I know that we're fucking busting our hump to change these things, to, to make... To, Help people to make better choices, Smithy. Yeah, these people are essentially paying us to spread our message. And we're not going to stop spreading the message. And if they're not cool with that, then they'll pull their fucking ads. But, I mean, it was so perfect. We got all that money, which wasn't that much, from the gambling advertisements. 
and we poured it straight into swellness, mm. like which was the you know the absolute antidote, like the perfect antidote. If you've got a problem with gambling, come to a swellness. Send us a message uh, on Instagram. We'll give you a golden ticket for free to come up there and uh, get some detergent and scrub your fucking brain with it. Uh, but like seriously. We open that invitation to all gambling addicts or addicts of any kind mm. uh, to get in for free. And, mate, uh, just the last word, I really want to say thank you to everyone who contributed to that combo because, you know, we are a place for discussion. Like, uh, if you've got an issue, by all means, send it in. But, mate, we're here to fucking entertain. We're here to fucking hopefully educate people into a better life. If you can't see past the fucking system needed for us to be able to make that happen and to facilitate that you're fucking missing the point yeah i mean i just get fuck it's just been it's been a hard graft for me to make money in this in this life and uh, for my family included you know we uh dig holes we massage people we get paid 30 grand a year to be a journalist uh, and uh, fuck at the end of it to finally come up with a product that people enjoy only to be told I'm not allowed to make money off it <laughs> like it pretty pissed week if you ask me righto Smithy well uh good start to the show wow covered some ground so far let's uh go into another huge issue currently facing the world of surfing this is from out of the void and he just wants to know who comes out on top the mighty seacock or Gabby. Yes, I mean, as far as I know, there is... Should we revisit the uh, Seacock for those not familiar with this uh, important maritime tale? The sea has monsters. Giant, terrible beasts. But none inspire more dread or fear than the mythical great Seacock. Steady yourselves, mates, for this is a true story. Well, here is the legend of the Thingaloo, the world's most mighty ship. Held the bodies and the souls of 300 men from its asshole to its tip. All praise the Thingaloo, they sang from the port as she sailed that day. Nobody could have known the fate that lay in the great ship's weight. Weeks went by with no sight of land, and the men did hit their rum. And the big black clouds pouring off the bow told of trouble sure to come. The winds were strong and the seas were rough, but the finger loose stood firm and tough. When down in the galley came a mighty thud as though the ship was struck by the fist of God. Well, the seamen ran to the starboard deck and to a man they were all in shock. Before their eyes was a beast in breach, t'was the feared great white sea cock. And it rose from the sea 400 feet tall And it spat from its eye an obnoxious pull And the men did pray as they were showered in spray As the great white cock then began to fall And it fell full weight on the finger loo And the once great ship was now in two And the ghosts of the men haunt the ports and docks And if you listen to the wind you might hear them sing I fucking hate sea cocks Boy, I hate them too I fucking hate sea Especially. So Frank Murphy's chipped in here, Smithy, and he says, Seacocks is a valve to stop water entering a boat, not a scary sea monster. What? That's not true. No. And uh, Surf Geo has chipped in and said, no, it's a great sea monster that spews semen after it gobbles them up. Beware as you sail the high seas, Franklin. And Frank Murphy wrote, ha ha, funniest ep. Surf Geo, check back. 
I was still laughing when I woke up the next day. So on your boys, a bit of banter going back and forth. Uh, Gabby versus Seacox. Smithy, how do you, uh, how do, where does this sit with you? Yes, uh, I mean, uh, the Brazilian, I could kind of picture him uh, doing his copoeira on the bow of the boat as the seacock hisses and spits and he's just doing flying heel kicks and cartwheels. Hey, stay back, stay back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can almost picture uh, if it came on board, he just straight away have it in a skitty armbar, just choking that fucking giant knob until it was blue and about to burst. It's mm. filthy yogurt all over the uh, ship, but, you know, Gabby Medina's no shrinking Violet Vaughn. We know that. And uh, if anyone could take down a seacock, it's the three-time I think he's wrangled more than a few seacocks in his time as well. So uh, I reckon he could fucking take that. Any seacock down. Not so sure about the great white seacock. Of course, there's seacocks out there, and then Mm. there's the mythical great Mm. white seacock. That's right. That's that's Uh, a whole other story. It is. Salty Sea Dog wants to know, Smith. Smithy and Deadly. Thoughts on wave pools overcrowding the lineups now that surfing is open slathered to anyone and everyone? Also, could the 2034 world champion be some wave pool hotshot from Egypt or some random landlocked country? Kidding me! UTFS, it's a good question from the Salty Sea Dog. And I do believe that pool surfing will fracture off from uh, regular surfing and become its own own thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I struggle to see... Uh, I mean... If you can get barreled in a pool and you, you live inland and you, you're paying uh, a far less of a premium for inland housing and stuff like that, then why would you even fuck with the coast? You know, the, to live on the coast is so expensive these days. Mm. To get to the coast if you live inland is expensive. Uh, surely, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a, a consistent outing to go. And uh, in, also, you know, you got to fucking do all the forecast data and metrics and pay your surfline mm. membership. The whole thing's, a, 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 it's just a real cunt of a time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can uh, take out all of that and just hang out in a chlorinated pool. You can get your earthly, you know, earthly corn delights, you know, a bit of, bit of, bit of uh, corn earthing and mm. uh, a bit of uh, corn bleaching with some downward dogs and, and stuff like that. And I mean, that'll be enough of an ionic charge for the corn if you're worried about charging your crystals and mm. stuff like that. Um, and then get in the pool and, and simulate rinsing corn. I mean, it's never going to be the real McCoy. And, you know, keep your eye on the reptiles for, for what they're pouring in that pool. Mm. Because uh, if they're, you know, they're, if, if there's a, a, a skull and crossbones on that container of granulated yeah. whatever it is that they're pouring into the pool, just beware. It's a good heads up there, Smith. But um, I always think back to Parco. Some people surf, and then there's your Parcos and your Jerry Lopez's and, and your, your people who have a whole different relationship with it, right? And I just remember after he'd surfed Kelly's pool and then he surfed a few other pools and he was just like, it's it's not surfing. Like, it's just not surfing. Like, catching waves and riding. And this goes back to what Barton Lynch just said in a recent episode as well. You know, he's like, catching a wave is the little bit of a thrill. It's like a little bonus. He goes, everything else is surfing. You know, going to the beach, planning your whole day around it, like getting out in the water, like knowing what the wind's doing, like all those extra elements, that's surfing. So I, I think, I think, yeah, they're like, what's the motivation for people who live in landlocked areas to go to the coast when it's all just sitting there? It's a good point. But in addition to that, like, fuck, you've got some learning to do to just go from a wave pool existence into the ocean. Man, I mean, currents and fucking sharks and like every other fucking 
thing, jump, or like rock offs, mm. you know, like all those things, man, are just a full blown challenge that are a lifetime to get any sort of like beat on. I can picture it now, you know, the, the wave pool aficionado is sitting in the lineup and the waves just keep moving. Yeah. 10 meters to his right. <laughs> He's just going, what is going on? Why are the waves over there? Yeah. I'm surely not expected to go over there and catch that wave, am I? Yeah. They just sit out there in the ocean, never catching anything. Just baffled. Completely uh, short-circuited. But I do see a future where, like, wave pool comps are a thing and guys from Egypt are winning it. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, we've sadly arrived already in that Kelly Yoga future. It's mm. happening on the WSL elite oh level this God, year. Oh, God, it is too. No! Get back on protection, you mark. Stephen Linnett wants to know, will you put up the songs on their own on iTunes? I want to drive around listening to. He won three world titles with a hammy on a screw. Ah, the great Mick Fanning song. Shall we revisit? Please. He's Big Fanning. He's that fucking good. He's Big Fanning. He's that could forget this little uh, doocy from our very last episode about Cal Robbo. What's true grit? If you're wrapped in cotton wool from the age of six, have you got true grit? If you're loaded with coin, given stickers and shit, have you got true grit? True grit. It's dirt in your crack. Sweat on your sack when you're breaking your back. It's diesel and dust and doing what you must to get fair up at. True grit is the shit that you get when you're not scared to put in the yard for it. Well, come on, cow robo, you're made of the truest grit. You crease little Gabby Medina with a classic woodburn hit. You're backed by King is Diesel, you got concrete in your guts. You're a true blue Aussie battler with true grit in your nuts. And uh, Smithy would be remiss of us. Do not play Lamore. In land, where gold is king, when surfer meets pool, here's what they say. When the goon hits the dial and there's tubes rank and fire, that's Lamore. When the goat digs a moat and mics up Chris Holt, that's Lamore. Tubes will spin, spin and spin and spin, spin and spin and spin, and you'll sing, are you kidding? Goat will bay, yay, 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 like a gate and when the tubes make you drool like a pasta fazool, that's Lamore. When you dance down the line and you think you're the kind, you're in love. 
when you surf in your dream and your pants filled with cream. Excuse me, but you see, back in Cali, that's Lamore. That's Lamore. Tubes will spin, spin and spin and spin, spin and spin and spin, and you'll sing, are you kidding me? Tubes will bay, yay, 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 like a gay tantrum When the tubes make you drool like a pasta fuzzle, that's Lamore. Dance down the line and you think you're that kind You're in love! When you surf in your dream And your past filled with cream But you see, back in Cali, that's Lamore Good to me! That's the morning. What about part one of the uh, Great Wave Pool Swindle? Our journey begins in Pennsylvania when the tour was as bogus. As Wrestlemania TC, Kong and Potts Stood on the diving blocks And pissed their credibility away Give me a wave far from the ocean In perpetual motion The water's blue So join the queue Our tube is waiting for you A rippable wall or two Where your wet dreams can come true What happens next, Ryman? I'm about to tell you, Jed Next it was Patty Cake to deliver us the fake. Indeed, the endless summer, just another inland bummer. They called it a flow rider. Rather put my dick on a lighter than vindicate this farcical charade. Give me a wave far from the ocean in perpetual motion. The water's blue, so join the queue. A tube is waiting for you. A ripple wall or two. Where your wet dreams can come true Then Coves and the Nutty Owen and sell Head towards the rising sun Where indoor barrels look kinda fun But these little yellow men Quickly run out of yen And so on goes this way park again. Give me a wave far from the ocean In perpetual motion The water's blue so join the queue A tube is waiting for you a rippable wall or two Where your wet dreams can come true Oh, Ryman, are we ever going to get a wave pool? I don't know, Jed. Let's wait and see. The fantasy continued, this time at Disney World. And Stab went to Malaysia and used jet skis to twirl. Next it was Dubai, where Dion tried to fly. 
But it was just another spit in surfing's eye Give me a wave far from the ocean In perpetual motion The water's blue, so join the hue Our tube is waiting for you A ripple will roll or two Where your wet dreams can come true Where your wet dreams can come true Where your wet dreams can come true Maybe Greg's idea will be different, right, man? I hope so, Jed. And my personal favourite. <laughs> He's the 2012 Pipeline Master. He's the surfer, surfer too. He's a sunny coast coolie legend. He's trained to Timbuktu. When it comes to professional surfing, he's our swellian guru. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Parkos knows. Parker's nose. Uh, don't know, don't know. I, I don't know when they're all going to be on Spotify. One day, mate. One day we'll get them out there. Um, Surf Mastery wants to know, uh, what is the worst surfing advice you ever received? Uh, it's not surf advice specifically, but it was surf trip advice. And it comes from uh, Sam Clark, the great Mullum magician. Sam Clark! Yeah. Ronnie's mate from high school. Yes, exactly. My old buddy. That's right. And uh, Clarky and I were, were good mates when we were living over there in Bali. And Clarky gave me the, the sage bit of advice. Uh, when you do the Desert Point nighttime run and you get to the ferry, just don't even worry about the cops. Uh, just drive straight past them on your scooter <laughs> And get on the ferry. Don't pay them. They're always looking for a bit of an earn. Just forget about them. Go straight past. So uh, there we were, me and my old mate Lex. It's about midnight. And uh, I see the cops at the ferry port giving me the motion to slow down, slow down. Hearty, mm. hearty, boule. At which point I just gunned it. Blew straight through the <laughs> checkpoint and uh, joined the ferry queue, which was about 50 meters past the checkpoint. And uh, turned my bike off and the cops just surrounded me and said, uh, What? The fuck are you doing? Nah. You silly cunt. And uh, confiscated my bike, and I spent the next few hours uh, kind of sleeping in their hut before they allowed me to get on a, a ferry many hours later, and I arrived in a Lombok Sands, a scooter, or any kind of transport. Uh, quite, quite the poor bit of advice. Fucking stitch up from Clarky. Woo! One of his best. Pretty piss week, if you ask me. Jib, 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 wants to know Smivy. Sean Manners for the injury wildcard at Pipe. Imagine him at Pipe. Imagine anyone at Pipe. UTFS, and yes, Ned's is the ivory tusk pokey in the room. <laughs> On your jib-jib, just chipping in there as well in the pokey conundrum. Ah, mate, I'd love to see Sean in the Pipe Masters. Did he get a start? I've no idea. But are you, the Vans Invitational you're talking about? Yeah, surely they're like just inviting people to piss Albie Layer off now. They just mm. they've given up on like whatever the precursor was and just said, "Fuck, who, who else can we invite just to make Albie Layer fucking pinch into a little fucking cornhole like a cat's bum?" <laughs> and uh, I, I do like the question he's posed there. Anyone at pipe? I mean, uh, if there was anyone you could put out at pipe, who would it be? And Jeez, I mean, if we're talking about some cruel and, and twisted and ironic punishment, jeez, it'd be great to see Mark Zuckerberg try and sup into a second reef closeout, wouldn't <laughs> oh. it? He's always talking about the, the 15 footers he's training yeah. for. And, uh, well, uh, let's see him put his money where his mouth is, so to speak, and actually uh, sack up and pack one. Mm. I'd like to see TVC back out there. Mm. New TVC. 
Have we seen him out the pipe since meditation came into his life? Yeah, uh, I, 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 I know he I surfed in a couple know. of like so. uh, he did surf in a couple oh, of invitation cheats. special, you know, heritage cheats. Yeah, not sure where he's he got a ten in one of those heritage cheats. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, imagine what he'd be like now without the fizz. Mm. But the, the other fizz. Mm. The real fizz. The real fizz, mate. The fizz that comes from within and not a giant gasoline tanker buried deep in the jungles of Columbia. Mm. Yeah. And maybe uh, none of that uh, other North Shore fizz that gets around. Ah, the uh, the stuff you get from uh, one of those uh, slushy vans. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know what I'm talking the cold, about. The cold, yeah. the ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you as well. Oh, belated... Birthday wishes to our pal, TVC. Oh. Fuck, how good are those meditations on those, um, even just listening back to them on the Swellness podcast? They're so good, man. They're so good. One of my favorite things from that event, and, and even from almost the history of this whole venture, mm. was whatever day it was, day two, uh, and, and Tom's one of the guests slated for the podcast, and we kind of tricked all the degenerates because there was a lot of people there who weren't keen to tap into the meditation mm. and Wim Hof, which is a shame. But uh, we kind of tricked him because Tommy was there up on stage before the podcast commenced and he did a meditation for us. And I sat there in a row of classical swellings on the beers and uh, Tommy leads us through this meditation. And I mean, it might've been the first time in history anyone's meditated while drinking a beer, (laughs) but nevertheless, like it had this really interesting feeling for me where, you know, there was this deep calm experience just for a moment. Mm. And uh, when it lifted, when the meditation ended, I looked to my left and to my right and we all like, I didn't know these guys. None of us knew, knew each other really. And we all kind of exchanged blessings and, and a really like firm handshake. Mm. And it reminded me of being back in church as a kid out in Forbes where, you know, you, you have a, there's a typical rite of passage in each church ceremony where you, you wish each other peace, you know, peace be with you, mm. peace be with you to everyone in your little circle that you're standing next to in church. And it really felt like that, but in a, kind of a more core way like um or it doesn't matter i'm not saying church is not core that's a, a beautiful gesture mm. just to fucking bro down with a perfect stranger and, yep. and and wish them peace and uh that was such a sick moment man i i'm trying to kind of paint the picture i don't know if i'm doing it justice but yeah it was cool to experience meditation with guys who, who probably had never experienced mm. it before and we all experienced that calm that collective that's so cool. consciousness and it was sick and i love what you're talking about because I, I with the wim hof uh I, i'm just doing a youtube one at the moment um and at the end of it he's just so good he's like have a good day or a good night all the love all the power <laughs> it just like leaves you feeling so good Simple words, man. So nice. Yeah. I highly recommend to, if anyone's having troubles in life, download the Wim Hof app. It's a fucking tiny spend. It's like 10 bucks a month or some shit as cheap as uh, possible. And it's just an endless app. It's so good. There's so much shit in there. And there's actually a function where you can tap into Wim's daily routine. Mm. So just, you can do exactly what he does every day. And mate, I tell you, you do that for fucking... Four weeks, six weeks, you ain't going to have a whole lot of problems. Thanks for your time. And I wish you a good night, or a good day, and a good life. All the love, all the power. Robman76, maybe. Here's an interesting one, man. When did you two first meet? And was it love at first sight, or did you have to work at it? 
Fuck, do you remember when we first met? I've got no clue. It's a good question. Mm. I remember seeing your name in Stab early mm. and going and reading your stuff and going, fuck yeah, this guy's really good. And um, you were really, you were prolific, man. Well, I had no choice. Nah. I was a, a web editor with a daily deadline mm. on a 30 grand a year salary. And, uh, you know, fuck, I had a... Uh, an uncle with a shovel breathing down my neck going, Smithy, if it doesn't work out for you, you can always come here and carry some bricks and dig some holes in. <laughs> no, no, no! PTSD kicking in. Yeah, had to make it work. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically been the driving force my whole career is that I've got nothing to go back to. Mm. This falls over. I'm fucking, I don't know, mature age apprentice and uh, <laughs> earning fucking 250 bucks a, a day or 20 bucks an hour, whatever it is. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, I can't exactly pinpoint a time but i remember tripping out that i was that i think it might have been you asked me to do a profile on mud acres in bali i was just reading that just the other day that might have been our first interaction Mm. apart from you know some uh small you know pleasantries exchange at some event um actually i can remember the first time i saw you though and it was at the Empire Hotel in King's Cross. And it was a Goons of Doom gig. And it was, let me tell you, I mean, the Goons have put on some awful shows in their time, but this one <laughs> was bottom of the barrel. I think you guys lost the mic into the crowd. Oh, no. And there was just drunk King Cro- King's Cross degenerates screaming horse rubbish into the yeah. mic. And uh, I think Aussie was uh, on the deck just getting trodden on while mm-hmm. trying to perform a guitar solo and uh, it was a complete shambles but yeah. highly highly entertaining if you like that kind sounds of stuff. exactly like every single uh gig we ever did pretty much i think we only had three that were half decent but no um i think my well my first real you know we we uh, what you went from being a name and a title to being like a little bit of a whoa was when uh you had the classic baker interaction over mm. in jay bay i wasn't there but you know it's a small industry and uh, word gets around pretty quick that there had been uh, a clash between the old guard and the new. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Taking the piss out of people and then you kind of got to deal with the consequences. And uh, at that time in my life, I was very much ready to deal with almost whatever consequences came my way mm. uh, unless it was, you know, some... Uh, chained up Comanchero or uh, some skitty drug trafficker from Matraville. Apart from that, uh, wasn't too wasn't too bothered by uh, the threat of physical violence and no. intimidation. Well, mate, uh, I will say from this: an uh, aging surf journalist. When you uh, lovely guy though, it was, it was it was all very mean. It was all, it was, was mean spirited. Uh, you know, I was a twenty one year old kid yeah. working for Derek Riley, who was a known shit stirrer. They were old mates slash. Rivals slash, mm. I don't know, there's a bit of uh, smoky, moldy roast beef oh, lingering mate. around their relationship. And I was kind of, you know, throughout all those years at Stab early on, I was definitely a bit of a, used as a bit of a battering ram. Mm. Uh, but also, fuck, give a 21-year-old a pen and a portal to the world and watch him produce some of the most heinous <laughs> fucking oh, gibberish and horseshit there is and no defamatory way. fucking nonsense. Oh, every time... Um, our mate Sauce Bottle puts up an old, uh, or, or you know, like there's a lot of Instagrammers out there who pull up old mags. And, you know, if I see an old waves come up, I'm just like, oh, the shutters go through me because 
I was 19 when I was editing that mag. Wow. 19 years old and in control of like, you know, one of the three big titles in Australia. And fuck, mate. Whoa. I literally can't pick them up. I mean, I, they've kind of like gone into this realm of almost like, thanks to, you know, your surf cores and all that, where they just appreciate tackiness on a level that is, you know, the 90s was so hectic, mate. The early 2000s, not much better. And uh, surfing was just in this insane like fucking rocket ship going to the moon with no control no sort of like connection to culture no nothing and we were just these kids giving the keys to these fucking crazy vehicles and we all we did was burnouts and drive them into the fronts of cafes and just fucking go on a huge crazy careless thoughtless fucking ruckus mm. But that's what it was fun though geez it was fun and I'm sure it was fun to, to read and consume because at the end of the day Surfing is a degenerate subculture. Like it's always been about shenanigans and piss taking and just shits and giggles. And it's a sad fact that the way surf journalism operates in the the print version, everything's so fucking earnest. Mm. But that you know, and I'm as well, guilty. It's I'm come the other way. It's come the other way. Tracks was like the the you know all of those uh, things that you're talking about that I grew up loving. You know, all that degeneracy was all in tracks, mag, and surfing life, and all those. Duncan Winovsky, remember that yeah. dude? Yeah, remember that fucking weird ultra ego? Who was that guy? <laughs> Did he really exist? Oh man, there's so was that just many. Ben Mondi uh, after probably? But there's big so, day on the packets. So many. Um, yeah, he was uh, Rod Cunthorpe, I think. It was right. a different one, but uh, there were so many aliases, and everyone had heaps of fun. You know, hide behind things and just not kind of you know skewering surfing, but with with an eye of lifting it up with one hand, stabbing it in the back with the other. And it continues now. Like the seedlings of all those are here. It's just that we're just aware of like, you can't just completely ignore all the other shit and just go down that path of just fucking ripping in as hard as you can mm. without uh, understanding the consequences. That's it. That's right. All things in balance. And uh, yeah, the, the piss taking is critical. The earnest journalism, the reason that exists is because it's just so fucking hard to be funny when you're right. Mm. For some reason, it's just an immense skill to actually, like, it's easy enough to, to say funny shit uh, or what we might think is, is funny shit into a microphone, but writing funny things and, and funny stories, uh, I don't know, it's a weird skill that not many have mastered. You're very good at it. Charlie Smith's very good at it. Derek's very good at it. Uh yeah, I mean, and you know, obviously, surfing's got some incredible journalists like Shauno um, Doherty, but his work is generally more earnest, but good. It's it's not like uh, it's not schmaltzy. It definitely doesn't. It's hard hitting. It's so weird. He and, he and it's funny. It's like, laconic. It's oh, laconic. Yeah, it's very laconic. And um, I think he does a wonderful job of like you know, he he attaches meaning to the most minute moments without. It venturing into fucking nonsense, you know. It's it's real. He's the he's the king. I, I fucking love Sean. Oh, he's so good. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, the, to to just wrap this question in a little bow, like I came on this this show as a guest. Uh, you you said, do you want to come on and have a, a chat? Uh, and was that with uh Aussie Wright and uh the Waxhead Matt Chinaski at Aussie's place? I was forgot there. To tell him. I was there. But I wasn't we on showed that up show. at Aussie's joint going, yeah. yeah, you ready for the podcast? He's like, who the fuck are you and how did you get my address? And uh, we're like, oh, uh, what? We didn't organize this with you? Nah, he, he was nah. I, I was there and then I bailed and I did the thing with you. But I reckon, um, I reckon I came on as a guest not long after that 
And then you said, hey, let's, do you want to do it again? And that was it. We I, just kicked in after that. My memory of it is uh, the first few seasons with Ryman were like just, uh, basically they were call lords. Yeah. But, but they were just straight Q&A interviews. And the dream, you know, that that was kind of still lapsing into that schmaltzy earnest territory. And the dream was always to have a real good belly laugh at surfing's expense. Mm. And I remember thinking there's only one guy in the realm of surfing who is fully hilarious and cartoonish and can pull this off. And it was you. And oh, then I was, mate. The feelings mutual, Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> and, mate, how many fucking laughs have we had? Oh, man. Holy shit. And we've had laughs on so many different levels. We've laughed because shit's funny. And we've laughed because the absolute preposterous nature of the shit that fucking this universe has created. Mm. And my God, we've laughed with and at the Swellians. Particularly old mate who mooned Kelly Slater as he drove out of the Torquay pub at our fucking second ever live show. Doff of the cap to you, sir. Big doff of the cap. That earthed <laughs> corn was on display for the goat to see. And let me tell you, he was both honestly appalled and uh, exhilarated. Thrilled. <laughs> Tommy Ricks wants to know, Smithy, if the WSL did get its act together and move the final to pipe, would the sheer spectacle be worth it despite all the other non-top five finishes not competing? Surely that would be the ultimate privilege earned. Oh, what a good question. I mean, you've got five surfers, men and women, sent out at like, what, let's say eight to 12-foot pipeline, bombing pipeline for a full day of competition. And no pipe specialists and uh, some real true colours getting, you know, hung out to dry on the line, man. I mean, far out. I mean, oh, it's it's almost too risky mm. for the WCL to do that. Totally. Well, there's only one thing better than watching an absolute pipe specialist do their thing in waves of mortal coniquence. And that's someone who does not want to be out there choking and dying live on television. Oh, it's captivating, boy. That's as good as sport gets, isn't it? An old-fashioned choke, an old-fashioned yips attack. Oh, the yips. 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 Yeah. Man, I mean, uh, look, top. If I'm just going over the uh, the contenders that we mentioned last Epps, maybe you got John John back, Gabe. We know he's pipe specialist. Italo's won the Pipe Masters. Uh, Ethan Jack Robbo Jack Robbo is in there the The weakest link is Phil and um, yeah I mean it would be all eyes on him if he was going into a pipe for final at number one in the gold jersey mm. he's got two heats to surf you can just imagine the head noise wow <sighs> mm. holy smokes yeah fucking hell it's wild you just it's one of them joints that you got to put time in to really understand. And uh, he hasn't done that. And, I mean, he's, he's approaching a, a passable level out there. But, geez, in, in the names that you just mentioned, fucking mm. a, a snowflakes chance <laughs> in a fucking sweaty concrete as cornhole. Oh, mate. And then the women, you know, Moana Jones Wong just sitting on the beach watching... You know, set dodges. Yeah, look, that's I, I, we're not the... far off. We're not far off women surfing getting to that level, but mm. it, there's got to be a big step up in the next two years. But it's it's it all leads me to think the WSL won't go to pipe for at least five years for a, for a showdown. Mm. And but, I I also realised why Lakey Peak is not an option uh, for the final five showdown because it happens in September and Lakey's is game over by oh, nine AM in September. The, the trades are chronic and it's just across shore. It's basically stab high. Hey, 
dog. Oh, sorry. Craig M369. Good question here, Smithy. Are you finally going to stop talking up White Chockey's title chances this year? Well, I guess we don't have to, do we? Well, I haven't mentioned White Chockey in a long time. No, he's a, a forgotten melted residue on the, the backside of your pants. Is there any chance, Smith, that the guys we've been ripping the boot into lately, uh, your you, you money gen, you know, your Geordies, your Kolohes, is there any chance of a sunny, Oki, you know, like those careers that have been world title worthy careers, but guys who, who got them real late in, in, mm. the, in the piece? Look, I think that relies a lot on the immeasurable commodity that is grit. Mm. And sadly... Those guys, they don't really scream grit at me uh, when I look at them. And it's almost as though uh, a lot of those names you mentioned, like grit is often the product of a pretty skitzy upbringing, some, some childhood trauma. It, there's a, a straight line between childhood trauma, grit, world titles. Mm. Almost every name you mentioned there has been through some skits hardship. Um, Slater, Sonny, Ock, all these guys. Mate, even Gilmore. Got bashed with an iron fucking yeah, rod. That's right. Like if if anything's going to harden you up, if anything's going to like take you down, and we know that she had chronic PTSD after that. Mm. Like that that was so potentially a career ender. Fuck, it was gnarly. And like I, I don't know. Like when you've been through something that scary, uh, that random. Mm. That's the other fucking scary thing about that. Like there was no uh, stalking aspect to it, or anything that comes with the trappings of what Steph did. It's mm. just a random moment that happened that she had to rebuild her whole, whole life from. Mm. And is it any surprise that she can turn up on a finals day and do what she did? That's right. That's right. She's, she, well, yeah. I mean, to perform at that level, it just takes so much hard work. You, you have to basically outwork the person next to you. Mm. So you got to be getting up earlier. You got to be, you know, just doing all the little things, the, the little painstaking, brutal, fucked up things that you don't want to do. And mm. you've got to be doing them all the time and to a degree that that person's not. Because the talent at that level, you know, it's it's much a muchness in a lot of ways in that top five. Anyone can win it on any given day. Mm. So, you know, as the saying goes, hard work beats talent most of the time. So, you know, really, when you're talking about your Geordies and Kolohes, they got to have the determination and the, the grit to just be going the extra mile all of the time. Mm. And, uh, you know, they don't, I don't know if those guys have it in them. They, they've had charmed lives in a lot of ways. Um, you know, fairly, you know, middle-class upbringings and, uh, you know, raised by pro surfers and, and, and shapers, respectively, uh, Dino Andino and uh, G-Force on Geordie's side. It's almost like their only path to winning a world title is if they can get some kind of virtual reality headset uh, and maybe we can inception some childhood trauma into their life if we can just kind of go back into uh, their formative years mm. and jeez uh, I don't know uh, you know it, it's not a a, a lovely it's topic a, to pontificate on but it's, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, just fucking just just skin a cat in front of them their cat or uh, you know kick their dog up the cornhole with some pointy RM Williams and uh very very controversial method of uh, mm. of winning here Smithy. To, well um, I mean I wouldn't say it's the most controversial <laughs> that's been employed no I mean uh, well it's it, it's in that conversation but you know mm. at least they're not doping with uh poor pep poor gallons peptides or uh any other form of performance enhancing look I'm I'm not going to write 
white chalky off just yet. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say... Oh, no, I, can't, I can't. I have to write him off. He's gone. <laughs> I love Jordy. I love his surfing. I love everything about it. Just like, where is this going to come from? This miraculous, like... This... this like when Oki was on the comeback, you could see it coming from two years earlier. Like when he made that Pipe Masters final against Kelly, you know, when actually when he surfed in that Billabong Challenge out in the desert where he was like, the fitness was back. He started surfing faster. He starts going a few cues. He makes the final of the Pipe Masters. Like it was just building, building, building. You know, to just be uh, on tour, I thought maybe post COVID, if it was ever going to happen, that was the time. Like, you know, Take a year off, like take stock of your career, take stock of like where you wanted to be and what you wanted to achieve and then come back and, and have a whole new fucking outlook on the whole thing. Mm. But to be finishing in sort of, you know, outside that top five, two years running, that's a pretty big slide for a guy like Geordie. They just seem too comfortable. I look at them and they just look too happy, too comfortable with where they're and, at. Good for them. Like, yeah. That's great. That's great. I mean, but, uh, like that's the, the double-sided coin of, of surfing greatness. It's often powered by trauma that's unconscious. And then when they get the title, as Lane explained it, it mm. doesn't do a single thing to alleviate the pain and suffering that they're in. Uh, so, quote. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the meek shall inherit the world, I guess, is the saying. Enjoy the, the fruits of a, a middle-class upbringing, but don't expect some fucking silverware. <laughs> the motion in the ocean, Smithy, wants to know, reckon surfers should know how to make and repair a board? Good question. Mm. Mosh. Uh, I mean, it's definitely ticking the core credentials box, but imagine how much excess board carcass there would be laying around with every... Joe Blog, every Joe Nino of his planer out there just hacking fucking yeah. glass to shit. I mean, look. Uh, Way back in the day, I would have said hard yes to this. Uh, just purely on, you know, respecting what goes into a surfboard. But nowadays with, you know, just pop-outs everywhere. And uh, I, I mean, I'm not sure if uh, there's just so many surfboards out there, man. Do we need to make more? Like, especially without any knowledge or fucking expertise and just contribute to uh, yet another pile of fucking garbage to be tossed onto the fucking, into the ocean at the end of the day. Precisely. And yes, you're right. There is uh, so much respect that is deserved for the craftsmen, the shapers, the core lords out there putting their nose to the planer. But uh, look, fuck, it's a craft that would take another 10,000 hours to learn. And I just don't have enough time, Vaughn. I've got to call the ATO. I've got to uh, <laughs> download a MyGov ad and improve several vaccinations. Yep. You've got to uh, uh, withdraw all your uh, Ned's money and go and spend that on cocaine down that's at the local right. Rissol on a Friday afternoon. Exactly. So uh, there is just really limited time in which to hone my craft as a master shaper. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Sir Vine Brown. An extraterrestrial spacecraft just sucked the Wazzle Enterprise into a wormhole and free fun-based pro-surf contests are now pitched by the public based on certain shapers. DVS runs first rights, but would it be held at Burley Heads? Mm. Fairly specific sort of uh, imagination here from Sir Viney. Mm. A Dick Van Stralen classic at Burley on nothing but 410 Twin fins? Yeah. Is that what you're oh, suggesting? Fuck, mate, get the broadcast, get Ronnie and uh, mm. Kaipo up there on the DMT. Oh, and let's yes. call this thing. Now we're talking. I'm ready. Hey. Z Shapes. 
wants to know, with the new CT format, those that have already re-qualified get a solid four-month break. Plenty of time to work on new shit. Reinvent yourself, bulk up, slim down, grow some figs, learn to go switch. Who's making the most of this time? Or what could people be doing, in your opinion, to push the level of surfing through the roof? It's a good point, isn't it? I mean, we saw that. The, the back half of the tour after that Margaret's event really didn't do much to annoy the top half of the tour who were surfing for that WSL Final Five. So, you know, yeah, there was a lot of uh, Instagrams of, of our boys in particular on the cocktails, enjoying the uh, back half of the competitive year, Smivy. Feet up at El Salvador, mm. eating acai bowls and, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, Pineapples full of Nazi goring at yes, G-Land. Yes, that's uh, right. And uh, who knows what other Amazonian delights they were huffing and quaffing and sniffing and snorting. But uh, we'll leave that to the potentially defamatory baskets. It seems to me like uh, a few crew just went and got niggling injuries worked on. So that was probably smart thinking. Our boy Cal, mm. he went and got the, uh, the Rico. But... Oh, it's a good question, man. Like, I mean, you, you make that cut. There's a real danger there of just slipping into enjoyment mode and just cruising when, you know, that, that next cut's coming around exactly one year later. Like, if you want to be at the very top of your game, not sort of like letting it slide, mm. putting on a few pounds. Yeah, that's right. But that said, nothing will keep you at the top of your game like surfing at the elite level. Holy shit. Iron sharpens iron. It's remarkable to see the amount of growth in a surfer just by spending one full year on tour. I mean, Callum Robson came back to uh, the Challenger Series event. When was that? Towards the end of the year? When was the Chang'e's Goldie event? Yeah, that was uh, no straight after Margaret. So the, the Oh, straight after the cut, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so, so the cut before... happened and then Cal just went straight over, yeah. made the cut, all that pressure gone. And just won it. Not in a canter, but the times when he was up against it, which was, I think, back-to-back heats, the quarter and the semi, mm. he, he won both in buzzer beaters yeah. and, and barely looked phased. He wasn't like fist-punching or you know carrying on with theatrics. He just took it all in his stride. Yeah. He suddenly just looked like he was on another level to the Challenger Series, uh, the rest of the field there. And that was only after, what, like four months at the top level. And Dimity Stoyle made a good, good point of this. You know, she was saying that uh, with the... The size of the women's tour at the moment, how small it is, and the tiniest window for qualification, only five surfers getting in there. She said that means so much talent is getting relegated. And if you're not experiencing a full year on tour as a rookie, your surfing can't evolve. Because it's when you're surfing against Steph and Carissa and freaking, you know, Tati and all these weapons that you've got to lift your game. So you can stay on the Changers for years, surf really well. But until you're in the furnace of that elite major title winning surf, you know, uh, structure, your surfing is going to plateau. Of course. And it's just to. not, it's not fair on uh, the women in particular, but it's, you can kind of see why uh, the surfers were getting so stressed out because six months being left behind while you're battling it out on the Chang and everyone else is at G-Land and Chopes and just fucking taking each other to the next level, surfing against your John Johns, your Gabbies, your Italos. Man, that's going to make you surf out of your skin. And then you've just got a fucking mountain to climb to surf against those those guys six months later again. Totally. To start Good your point. new campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty pissed week if you ask me. Brendan Ald Images wants to know, will the last pipe contest ever be topped? And who are your picks for this year? So let's put the uh, Pipe Masters Invitational aside. Revisit the Billabong Pipe Pro, which will be on in uh, January or February. Um, 
gosh, it's hard to see a CT top in that last one. Yeah. Like the goat winning and Seth Young blood coming through with all the local support on the beach and just the heroics of everyone from fucking John John to Callum Robson to Zhao Xianka to, man, it, the list just went on and on and on. Our boy Connor O'Leary, brah. Jack Robbo. Hard with to see it getting topped. Oh, Jack fucking oh, Baker. Jack O. Baker's oh, fucking like it. near 10. Mm. Oh, I don't see it being beat. I can't. No. And actually, the the big question and the big thing I'm looking forward to is if the fans pipe invitational gets big surf and we get to see a bunch of free surfers up against pipe specialists and it just turns on like a motherfucker. Jeez, like that's a that's a big one for the uh the WSL to have to answer back to a month later, two months later. Totally. I mean, it really all depends on the forecast and whether the waves show up. Uh, that's the problem for those events that happen early in the window in Hawaii in, in that December window, which I, which is when the Vans mm. event is going down. You know, there's often sand on the reef. You, you kind of uh, – seems to be more of that kind of north direction swell. Is it the one that's a bit straighter? I don't mm. know. Like, And you don't often get like the, the two swells in the window, which is what you kind of need uh, in order to have a, a crazy event there because the event – you know, basically runs longer than any given swell. Swells usually last for three days. You can have a day and a half in shit waves. Um, so really, it all kind of hinges on the quality of the waves. Any pipe comp held in serious pipe conditions is a fucking spectacle that is almost unparalleled yep. in world sport. Whether it's the backdoor shootout, the Vulcan Pipe Pro, or the Pipe Masters, or the Vans Invitational. If it's in that 6 to 10 to 12 to 15 foot range, and it's going nuts, fuck. And like, every pipe It'll comp, be amazing. Yeah, won't every be pipe comp has moments, you know, every single one of them, man. Like, I've commentated, uh, what, a half a dozen Vulcan Pipe Pros, and there was a time there where I was going, fuck, is this the greatest surf contest in the world? Because there was, there were events that were on par with that recent pipe, uh, Billabong Pipe Pro, you know. There was the one year that uh, Kelly won, over there, uh, there was another one where Solly Bailey won. That was cooking surf, like mm. fucking just endless, endless orbs of Kona Quince and just people over the ledge. Mm. Just quickly, mate, uh, that final, give uh, us a couple of winners. Who, who are you picking for the Vans Pipe Masters and the Billabong Pipe Pro? Mm. Vans, Men's and women's. Vans Invitational. I'm going to go with Craig Anderson. Oh. I just think uh, far out, given some rolling giant Mondo left slabs. I mean, the guy's able to pack them on a single fin, mm. let alone a quad. So I think he's an absolute special. No priority, though. He's going to fucking do it tough trying to get a wave. Mm, <laughs> true. How many in the heats? Just a typical I four minutes? I think it might be six, but mm. I could be wrong. Could be four. Uh, in the women, Moana, Moana Jones-Wong, if she's in the event. I'm to win both. She's, yeah. I think. No brainer. Uh, oh, or, unless backdoor, because yeah. backdoor does Tyler score Ryder highly. Backdoor. Yeah, all right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, for the pipe. I'm going to go with a John John double. I reckon he'll win both uh, on his way to a proper world title showdown with uh, some of his uh, big. You know, I can't I actually. I think it's going to be uh, interesting to watch the the CT guys versus the free surfers in this comp because mm. there's a lot of CT guys in that Vans triple crown. Uh, sorry, uh, pipe. Masters. And then for the women, yeah, I think I'll just go, um, I think I'm going to go Molly Picklum to go deep in the 
Billabong Pipe Pro, and then Moana will win the Masters. Hey. Got one from the Swellian Queen there, Smivy. Scum Valley's finest herself, the 93 world champ, wants to know, did you get the new perm anywhere else we should know about? And I think that's an allusion to uh, the classical... Paulie, uh, what's his name again? Paulie Matt Warshaw. Paulie Matt Warshaw. We've, the amalgamation of Sean Chuny Manners and Vaughn into one unholy man-child. Vaughn Holy Manners. shit. Mm. What did I say? Yeah, that's right. Vaughn Manners. Vaughn Manners, that's yeah. the one, yeah. But uh, is Paulie Matt Warshaw the new meme king of surfing? Oh, it has to be, unquestionably. He's, he's got the name game on absolute lock. There's been a couple of runs that I have just lost it. Like, he's such a clever... Clever dude with that. Uh, just having a, a quick squeeze at, at some of the best. Uh, <laughs> Machado man's pretty good instead of uh, Macho man. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's classic, isn't it? You know, uh, as soon as uh, the vacuum. Russ from Clark one... Jones. <laughs> Russ Bjork of a skits mono. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, your, your surf call moves on. From uh, meme land and, and dropping the uh, the gold and, and that vacuum's filled instantly by, you know, surf ads or green room times. That's another good one. Yeah, they're both quality. But yeah, G Surf Core 2001 was a, a real loss from the Sorely uh, missed. surfing landscape, the piss-taking caper, the uh, trade of... Hurling shenanigans and absolute gibberish at the wall. Fuck, he was good at it. He was so good. Oh, we miss him. We need to bring him back. Wherever you are, Surfcore, come back to us. <laughs> Ready for spaghetti. Wants to know, Smithy, if you could shave any pro surfer, why would it be Jackson Baker and where would you start to shave? Mm. Also, if Bruce had said fuck the WSL, he would have been a hero. Noz is a bloody legend. Agree with you there. Bruce Irons, I think he would have said fuck WSL many, many times in his Duh. life. You can but barely just, get out the front door of the Volcom House without saying it, as yeah. far as uh, my sources tell me. But where would you shave Jacko Baker? Well, is he hairy? I don't, I've never mm. noticed. He's got a few. He's got a bit of a ginger rug sort of happening on his yeah. chest there somewhere. Doesn't he? I mean, I'd have to do it uh, while looking away, but you'd have to start with the Fanta pants, wouldn't you? That's never helped anyone. <laughs> just uh, yeah, get down there and get the uh, manscaping gear out and just manscaper <laughs> attached to a six foot piece of da- dowel. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just looking out the window and pinching your nose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I was surprised to hear, we didn't actually touch on it last ep in all the sponsorship news, Smith, but Gabby Medina has turned his back on the razor and hooked up with some electro hair removal yeah. clinic. No, that's right. Yes, correct. Yeah. What is this about? I don't know. It's It seems like uh, some chicanery of the highest order. I mean, to go from... Gillette, the proud razor blades that have powered countless people into high-powered executive jobs, uh, into relationships where they were clearly punching. I mean, to turn his back on that Mm. kind of lineage, that kind of pedigree, and go with some new age, fan-dangled contraption. Like, I mean, do you really expect us to believe some giant laser gun can just get rid of all the hair on your body? Mm. Like, I mean, what is this? Like some kind of Kubrick masterpiece, some kind of space odyssey invention? I mean, come on. Surely, I'm just I mean, worried about... What about the, the, the carcinogenic side effects? Oh, exactly. And, you know, is, is he going to commit this laser to the armpits and the nether regions? Like, mm. how wide do you have to pull your cheeks to get right in on that corn hair. Totally. 
And I mean, are you going to trust this giant laser gun around your your crutch? What happens when your your prong starts looking like a, a burnt piece of capsicum? Mm. It'd <laughs> 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 be awful. That would be awful. But uh, I mean, look, that's the karma of signing on with crooked corpo overlords. Uh, you can't trust him with your health and safety. That's for sure, Vaughn. Especially not when it's a question of the family jewels. True, true that. I stick to the stick to the Gillettes, Gabby. Please go back to the Jets. Old just school. Get the cream on those bits and just let the blades do the work, man. <laughs> Did somebody step on a duck? Our old mate. <laughs> he wants to know uh, what exactly is a winky pop, to your knowledge. Yeah, it's a good question. It's... There's a few around, isn't there? There's a Winky mm. Pop at Manly. There's one down at, uh, well, of course, the famous Winky Pop just near Bells. What is it? What's the origin of this name? Because is it kind of like spit the Winky Pop? Is it like instead of uh, shoving a hose up your butt and filling it with water and then spraying it all over the sidewalk, is it actually you do that, then you shove a cork in, mm. and then when you spit, that noise is the Winky Pop? Yeah, and your cornhole winks because it's had uh, such a good time in doing that explosion. Mm. It's just such a classic gag that even the even the cornhole's in on it. Mm. Little wink. Have you seen when um when dogs bark if their tails are up in the air they 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 get a little winky pop going. Right, That's... that could be the name. Say, mm. mm. uh, not too sure. Probably related to some kind of sea creature that uh, calls the oh. bottom at these waves. Wait, home. wait. Are you telling me that the seacock has a, a maritime adversary? Of the course. Winky pop? Of course. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It's all part of the mycelium running rampant on oh the sea God. floor there. You know, uh, all things in balance. If you have a, a giant vociferous seacock, then you must <laughs> alternat- alternatively have a uh, subtle, uh, smelly winky pop. Oh, my God. Last question, Smithy. It's from our old mate, Chris Cote. He was the first one on the blocks, but he's the last one we're going to address because it's quite... Oh, well, look, it's another controversial topic. It's been, a, it's been an episode of controversy, uh, but this one is right up there, mate. Right up there with the bedding, right up there with the seacocks, right up there with Gabby's hair removal processes. Fuck, marry, kill the Florence brothers. Mm. Go. Jeez. Ugh. Oh, really? Fuck. Uh, is, uh, is Alex in on this or is it just the... Oh, that's a wrap. Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy corn home down to the face of the old man pipe, Will spots fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the wazzles judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would Shane Horan take 50 grand over a lettuce leaf? This wedding seeks the prophets will apply. So Got your shoes and ask us a question. We will speak no lies. Ask us a question. We'll tell you no lies. Ask us a question. We'll tell you no lies.
episode of Ain't That Swell is brought to you by Billabong. Swellian partners since day one.